Hello and welcome to the CEO Blind Spot Show, where leaders reveal their blind spots and best practices. I'm your host, Birgit Camps, and today's guest is Caroline Boudreau, the founder of the Miracle Foundation and your social entrepreneur and recognized as one of 200 young global leaders at the World Economic Forum in Davos. You've also been a TEDx speaker. So welcome to the show, Caroline. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. In the midst of COVID and in the midst of lots of other challenges in life, you continue to succeed. And then not only do you have this foundation as a way to give back after having had a really successful career at Fox TV, but you have figured out how to help people be self-sustaining in the process, which I guess is back to your social entrepreneurship. So can you tell us a little bit about how you've managed to succeed or what some of your best practices have been? Yeah. So I run a large nonprofit that takes care of orphans and vulnerable children. And I think my best practices is the ability to be vulnerable. I find that so many people, when you're an entrepreneur, people think that you have all the answers. And to be honest with people and tell them you don't have all the answers, this has never been done. An emergency is not an emergency like an emergency like with a policeman, right? They, they actually know how to do, they have processes and procedures in an emergency. They, they know exactly what to do. But in an emergency, in an entrepreneurial venture, we really are having to make it up. So it's really important to let people know that we're vulnerable and to be transparent and let them know that we're, we have to figure out what to do. And then they become part of the solution instead of just looking to me for, for all the answers. So I think that vulnerability is truly, is truly helped. And then wow. the, other, the other great thing is hiring wonderful people. So talent is the secret. Having great talent has really changed the game for me. When I first started, I wrote down a list of everything I was good at and everything I was not good at. And I hired to suit those weaknesses. And that just been an ongoing practice for me all these many years going forward. Well, and Caroline, how did you get to the point where you figured out who to hire? And then I know earlier you said one of the keys are being vulnerable and being transparent, but I also heard you slip in there another key point, which is having everybody come up with a solution when when you were in a crisis and no one's faced that before. So just curious, I, I happen to know you also completed executive programs later on, Harvard and Yale and Oxford. Did you learn that there or was it just failing and learning and trying again? Or did you have great mentors or were you just born that way? It's failure. It's trial and error. That is truly the definition of what, of what an entrepreneur is doing. Being willing to take some risks, being able to take some heat, and yeah, I mean, I, I definitely failed drastically along the way. So fear of failure is not one of my fears. I've, I've done it a lot. And that's how you learn, I think. Well, your trip to India, that took some guts, right? You, you quit your very successful career because you were not fulfilled by the material success that you had and left everything. I mean, that takes courage right there. And I think that's, again, why why you now do what you do. Yeah, well, it was not designed to, it was really a party trip. I was going, I was taking a trip around the world with my best friend, and we went to Chase Summer. Um, <laughs> and, and we were in India, and we accidentally stumbled upon an orphanage. And when I saw the way the kids were living there, I just deemed it unacceptable, and decided to to really put my life and my passion around children, for children, that don't have anyone. And so that's the work of the Miracle Foundation. And it also happens to be my blind spot. That raging passion that I have to take care of children has gotten me in a lot of trouble because I get so passionate about it that I tend to be the forefront person 
So when CNN calls or when someone calls and somebody, you know, it's like I get up there and I'm the, I'm the spokesperson and that, and then when you get in a crisis, so there was a crisis last year during COVID, 64% of children in orphanages went home. Now, this is good news. This is what we've been trying to do. The way you solve the orphan problem is you get them into family. So this was good news. But my mom died last year. Mm. And I just wasn't in a place where I could be the front person. I just wasn't, you know, I wasn't emotionally there to be able to be the front person. And so where, and, and I hadn't prepared enough people in my organization to, to really be the, the person in the forefront, but they rallied, they did a good job. And, and that passion I have has really put me in a position to not let enough people stand in front of me. Mm, so succession planning is now what you're, what you learned and what you're most focused on now. Yeah. And it's more than that because succession planning to me sometimes seems like, oh, I'm going to find the next heir apparent or the person that's going to follow me. But what you really want is you want 10 people that can do your job. You want a lot more people that the, the idea is that it's not my job anymore. It's yours. So that mm-hmm. so whenever you can hand off your job to somebody, that's really a success. So empowering a lot of people in the organization, not just a, a single succession person. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry you had to discover it that way. And True to form, you continue to learn and lead. And I know that UBS named you as one of the global visionaries. You've also received lots of awards. I think you you had the Hope Award, the Impact Award, and the United Nations Humanitarian Award. So when I think of your foundation, I think of you. What would you recommend to other leaders who are faced with similar situations as you now? I think the vulnerability thing is is really important, but I think hiring excellent people and putting them in front of you is the one of the biggest lessons I've learned. So putting people in front of me instead of standing out front all the time is one of the biggest lessons that I've learned. And the awards are great. I, I've been really honored to get them, but really we, we really do have to stop thinking about other people's children differently than our own. And I think when we really start to truly invest in children, even if they're not ours, I call them OPCs and other people's children, when we start investing in them and caring for them like we do our own children, then we can really make the world a planet that works for everybody. But until we start thinking of other people's children and trying to take care of them, we're going to be in the same situation we're in right now. So there's so much to philanthropy and there's so much to foundations and there's so much to giving. But if we thought about our health, the way we think about our giving, we would all be almost dead. Hmm. So, So that's really where, that's really where for me, the next step is, is to try to waken people up about what it really means to, for a planet to work for everybody and who do we have to be and what do we have to do to support that? Mm. So don't stop with your own children, help other children. Yeah, invest in children. It's yeah. a great investment. Yeah. So all these other leaders who may be not social entrepreneurs, how is anything there that you want to let them know? I think just that the world's changing. You used to be able to hire people and all they really cared about was the profit and making money. People aren't like that anymore. People want companies with a purpose and a passion. People want companies that are sustainable and that care about things other than the bottom line of profit. And so I would recommend that company culture has to add that element of of passion and purpose and giving, or you're really going to be left in the dirt. I'm telling you, there's so many corporations that are working this into their culture and it's really working and you're seeing a big difference all the way. I mean, if you can look at the work of Unilever and what they've done with supply chains, Big companies realize that we really start have, have to start making a difference and not just a, a dollar. Yeah. 
And I know that in your in your foundation, you have a proven methodology. I think it's called Thrive Scale. Right. And so you're really running it like a profit, except for it's a, it's a social impact. Yeah. It just happens to benefit vulnerable children. It, yeah. And, and, and we just created an operational model to be able to measure how a child is doing, whether they're in an orphanage or in the home or in a foster care situation. We have a way to measure if a child is thriving. And then, of course, when you measure, then you know what you need to do to improve that situation. And so we've been measuring the impact of our enterprise for a really long time. And that, that's really what separates us from most nonprofits is that we, we really have figured out how to measure. That's a tough thing to do. You know, how do you measure dignity? How, yes. you know, how do you do that? So the fact that we can we figured some of those things out has really helped us a lot. And that, that's what was great about being in the, the for profit world for a while. Hmm. Yeah, I do think that definitely sets you apart. And as we start to wrap up the show, when someone looks you up, you look like so accomplished. Along the way, are you an ongoing learner? Did you have mentors? Because that's a big jump, how you went from your career right out of college to where you are now. Yeah, I love that question. Really, what I talked about vulnerability is one of our, our best practices. But when in crisis, I was honest and transparent. And so we, we've had some colossal failures. We had one guy was really absconded with a bunch of money back in 2008. It was, it was donor money. And so literally called 300 donors and told them that this money had been taken. We can give you your money back if you'd like, or you can stick with us while we figure out how to take care of more kids, but that's totally up to you. And the responses I got from our donors were just incredible. I mean, just like amazing that they were with us. I think 96% of the of those 300 people stayed with us. One guy said, you know what, how much do you think you lost? Mm. And I said, I think we lost a million dollars. And he put his pen down and he said, congratulations, kid. Welcome to the big leagues. I remember when I lost my first million dollars. <laughs> I thought he was going to be so mad. He's proud of me. He was proud of me. I think that transparency and that was a big deal. And then it earns my stripes. It helped me figure out that, wow, we can fail and fail drastically and tell people about it. And they stick with us anyway, because they know what we're trying to do matters. Hmm. Wow. Well, that's pretty impressive. So I don't think I have any more questions after this because you, you made it through that. And it sounds to me exactly what you said. Your formula has been vulnerability, transparency, and it doesn't sound like you had per se a social entrepreneur mentor to help you along the way. You just literally kept learning from, I hesitate to say mistake because yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like a learning lesson. <laughs> and of course I did have amazing mentors. I don't know how for-profits run without a board. Miracle Foundation has a board that I would put up against any any for-profit mm. board ever. So our board has been truly, truly amazing. And they are my mentors. And how did you pick them? I picked them based on skill set. So I wrote down everything I was good at and everything I wasn't good at. And that's how I started the company. And now that really just tends to work in terms of our board. So we have a diagram. If we need someone that knows how to incubate a company, we look for VCs. If we need someone that knows how to do get us out there and build awareness, we look for someone in PR. If we need somebody who can really be in charge of governance and look at every dollar and every rupee. Then we need we hire a CFO. So it's based on talent and skill set. Um, and then, of course, you know, if we have HR issues, you hire someone that you know is chief of HR. So, and then that tells you who to go to for what problem. Yes. So selecting the right people, not yeah. just 
who are on your team, but also board members. I can see that you're very gifted at that too. So I really appreciate you, number one, sharing the story because that that took vulnerability on the show and to share best practices. And so if people want to know more about the foundation, it's they can go to miraclefoundation.org and I will put that in the description as well. And it sounds again, because of the way you run it, if I'm a donor, I don't only hear the stories of the results. I You can actually show me some metrics. Exactly. That That's correct. Well, thank you so much again for doing what you do and being on our show. Thank you. Nice to talk to you, Birgit. Thank you.